This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Good morning. This is Pastor Callie with BPN Radio. I'm so happy to be here today. Uh, I've got one of my friends, Danny McDaniel, that I asked to be on the program. You're going to be so blessed. Uh, He's a mighty man of God. He's a He's a dad. He's a husband of 27 years to a beautiful girl by the name of Diane. They're entrepreneurs. They pastor a church, Bethel, Dallas, um, that they actually founded the church and um, just just doing a whole lot of a lot of things for Jesus. But I'll tell you, um, I I didn't actually deal with Danny on any kind of a business level. I met Danny through some friends and I got to see a lot of the fruit of Danny's life. He's a an amazing leader and businessman, but what I was so blessed with and has, has been such really touched my heart is all the people that Danny has uh, and his wife have led to Jesus and led them into a spirit-filled lifestyle, and it just blesses my heart when I see people that are out doing what they're doing, but putting the kingdom first, and so I've been trying to chase Danny down for a little while. He's a real busy and a I'm busy. And so we finally hooked up our schedules and I just invited Danny to come on and just share with what, with you, what's been on his heart and what God's been doing in his life. If you want, even want to tell a little bit about your testimony, Danny, you just start from wherever you want to start from. We're excited to hear from you. (laughs) Well, thanks Kelly. And uh, I'll try to give you a two minute version of my testimony if, if I can. And and, you know, I was, I'm was i a coach's son. I grew up in West Texas, lived all over South Texas and West Texas, and uh, went to church every time the doors opened. But I lived in a chaotic environment. My mom, wow. who I love and I honor, you know, she was schizophrenic and dealt with a lot of insanity issues. And so nothing ever matched up. I never was mad at God, but for, after 19 years of going to church, every time the doors opened on twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday, um, I had all this re- rebellion pin up inside of me because of home, nothing matching up at home. And when I got to college, I, you know, I let the, I let the cat out of the bag. Jack came out of the box <laughs> and, and it, there's a lot of Jacks in the box, which may sure. be the subject of today's conversation. And so my lifestyle was quickly, I, you know, I jumped into alcoholism, sex, drugs, um, partying, uh, stealing, lying, cheating, then burglarizing, wow. robbing, everything. And um, and that lifestyle continued up until the time I was 30 years old, even when I was a head football coach. I had a, I was kind of like uh, what what our older generation would call Eddie Haskell. And wow, you know, I just had two different lives. I was a really good guy, good at school when I was coaching kids, and I'd go home and I was a different human being. And But when your life is falling apart and you're in bankruptcy and you can't pay your bills and you're living with rats and roaches and you've been burglarized twice and you're trying to raise two kids, although you think you're, you know, you, you think you've got a decent life, everything's unraveling before your eyes. And it's really because you didn't connect the dots, you know, because that's how the enemy works. There's always lag time. 
sure. know, cause and effect principle in the kingdom of God and in this world that we live in. And the devil doesn't want you to know that what you did today, what you did yesterday is going to have consequences. So he'll delay those consequences maybe for eight months, maybe for two years. And, then, and you'll never be able to trace back where you really fell into the trap and dealt with those consequences. So here I am 30 years old, you know, and I'm dealing with all kinds of consequences and nothing was adding up. And so I just looked up one day because I was never mad at God, but I looked up and said, God, you know, my plan's not working. So obviously you've got some other plan. And I started going to church and wow! after 15 months of just going to church and hearing maybe a verse or two at a time, I couldn't, my heart was so hard, not against God, but just full of so much evil that it took 15 months of hearing the word and being around Christians and getting in a new environment before, you know, I, I, before Jesus snatched me up. And that happened in 1998, the summer of 1998, when I was 33 years old at Promise Keepers, a, a men's convention, men's movement that was occurring in the, in the 90s. I was at the Houston Astrodome and 55,000 people were singing Amazing Grace. And I was singing <laughs> right there with them. And all of a sudden, just like Jello, just like an old cartoon where your heart's sure. you know, out three feet. My heart was literally doing that. And I jumped up in my dad's arms who was with me and said, Dad, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm going <laughs> to heaven. And he, and he started crying. And he said, son, I've been praying for you every day for 13 years. Praise God. And, and that's when, you know, I quit cussing. I haven't cussed since 1998. I don't say that boastfully. It's just that, you know, God supernaturally changed my life. And I, that's I awesome, Dan. I hadn't had a beer since 1998 and I really went on a quest to chase God at the age of, of 33. So here, here we are today. And there's a few things that have happened in between. That is so such a blessing, such a blessing. So you gave your heart to Jesus at a promise, keep, promise keepers convention. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No altar call, nothing. Just singing amazing grace. We need another, we need another awakening with men. Yeah. Um, we need another awakening with men that uh, there's a lot of men that were really, really got their start with Jesus at that, at the, out of that ministry. No doubt. And uh, we need to pray another awakening in. Maybe you're the one to start that. Who knows? <laughs> you might be the man uh, yeah. that I'm talking to right now. Um, tell me, I, you said something about uh, when you sent me some notes about a, a freedom quest that you've been on and a book that you're writing and I, I would really love for you to share because most of the people that are listening are Christians and, you know, they, we need to, I, I remember when I came to the, to the uh, understanding that you can be saved and still have bondage. And that is a surprise to some people, but when you find yourself doing things over and over and over and you can't quit, uh, there's usually some sort of bondage you know, tied to it. And, the, and and Jesus paid for us to have the freedom. So tell me what, what that quest has been like for you. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And, you know, first, let me, let me give the whole world here a disclaimer, just for your benefit to know that, you know, first and foremost, everything is about love. It, you know, love never fails. And our job is to love people and love them unconditionally and yes. try to see God's what, how we're, 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 we're really called to look, try to look, at people through the lens of Jesus so we can see God's heart in these situations and not look for dirt on people. Absolutely. Absolutely. We really, we really should be looking at the at the gold and silver inside of each per, each person and try to help uh, that gold and silver rise to the forefront of their life. And that's the key. So, but, but many times, um, so just know that, but, but many times 
you know, there's dirt that's that gets piled up upon those treasures of gold and silver. You know, um, Paul even said in Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty twenty one. You know, he said in every great house. And of course, he's referring to you know uh, us people. Right. In every house. There's. He said there's gold and silver. There's wood and earth. Some to honor the gold and silver, and some it's, to dishonor. Yes. So Paul's already saying in our in a great house there's gold and silver, but yet there's wood and earth. There's dirt. And we're not looking for the dirt, but Paul's saying there is dirt because and it bubbles up. Yeah, he's tried to do that to us. He's, you know, he's tried to oppress us since the day we were born, even before we were in our mother's womb. And and Paul said in, in the next verse, he said, "But if a man purge himself from the latter, meaning if we get our shovel out, and yes, start, and, and start digging away the dirt, purge ourselves from the latter, from yes. the honor." We'll become sanctified. Set, that means set apart and made holy. We'll become sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared into every good work. And that's the whole part. While we're alive on this earth as Christians, that's the, it's not about works. It's about grace. But because sure. of God's grace and because of our love for Jesus, we want to be prepared for the works of God to bring yes. the sal- it's, you know, salvific message of Jesus Christ to the world. And there, th- there's kind of the foundation behind you know, what I've learned. Uh, you know, when people get saved, you go back and look at Jesus's example. He always met them at a place of their need, and he ministered from that place, that foundation of love. And the Bible says he leads and guides us into all truth. And just that statement alone tells me that I'm on a journey of being led into more truth in my life. So like you said, there's that gold and that silver and those perfect things that we're, we've been given from God and the spirit of God inside of us. But then those things that the Lord will unearth that is not gold and is not silver and is hindering us from being the best version that God really wants us to be. Yes. And you're, you're, you've hit the nail on the head. It's something that, you know, I, I, I think I heard, I don't remember if, if it was Lisa Bevere or who I heard say this, but I, 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 it resounded so much into me. God wants to close the gap between our creed and our deed. <laughs> he wants to close that gap. And, you know, I believe the Bible 100%, but I have not always lived the Bible 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think anybody listening here would say the same thing, you know, you we're on this journey, but if we're truly, truly allowing the father and to lead and guide us into all truth and that relationship of love and intimacy, he will, as those things bubble up, he will free us if we're open to receive it. Yes, absolutely. And, and what it, it, what it really takes is, is not, not only the renewing of our mind, but a, a, really a changing of our heart. And yes. What I've learned over the years is that, you know, when I when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in 2001, because this happened in 1998 when I gave my life to the Lord. But we start, Diane and I start chasing God, you know, as baby Christians without mentors. We we're going to a mega church. And so we weren't plugged into any pastors or anything like that. But we just cried out to God and said, God, you know, I've already seen, you know, when you do when you live a life of euphoria, a temporary euphoria with sexual sin and drugs and things like that you've already had experiences breaking into that unseen realm into right. that side why do people get drunk because they want to break into another realm why do they do drugs because they want to come outside of themselves sure. and break into another zone and and so 
I'd had those experiences and, and I, I, we would have conversations with God and say, well, God, obviously, if you if the enemy could pervert all this, you've got a greater supernatural. Uh, you've got things in the supernatural and the unseen realm prepared for us that we don't know about yet. And we need you to show us. And so there was a two year process through those cries and through those prayers and studying the word that God brought us you know, to a point of freedom. Uh, deliverance from demonic oppression and then baptized in the Holy Spirit. And through that process, what I learned is, uh, or since that time is I'll use this baseball for an example. Now I cut this baseball in half to show you, you know, the, you guys that the, the middle of this baseball, there's a core there. It's like a yeah. cork center and it's soft. And, and, and if you just, if you just, if the Houston Astros just knock this thing around, you know, it wouldn't be worth very much because it would, first of all, it wouldn't go over the fence. It's got to be tightly wound up with, thousands and thousands of layers of yarn then have that leather strapped around it and sewed in tight so that it becomes a bright ball like this that can take a licking and keep on ticking you can knock it out of the park 500 times it can withstand rain it can withstand storms you can roll it out there throw it back and forth and it's still always going to come back and you're going to be okay but what happens to the christian life is you know we really it's kind of like you were new you you, you were new when you were born, but through life, the enemy's wanting to just really pound on you. And the enemy really wants to get you in a situation where he's tearing you up. Yeah. And you're not as functional as you once were. So we have to go back to the heart issue. The, the word heart is used over 800 times in the Bible, and it comes from a Greek word, cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A. So, and that word means core. This is the core of a baseball. And we have a core, kind of like when you see Iron Man, the movie, mm -hmm. you know, we have a core and it's not your fleshly heart. It's your cardia. And that means in the Greek, the set and center focal point of one's physical and spiritual being. And so what we have to do as Christians is we have to allow ourselves. I tell people all the time, I go, you're going to have to allow me to like a great heart surgeon, because this is about renewing our mind and renewing our heart is really about heart surgery. You're going to have to allow me to take take the instrument of the word of God and delicately start cutting these threads and peel back this, these hard, this hard leather that's wrapped around your heart and start unwinding old thought patterns, old things that you grew up thinking and, uh, you know, things that have affected wrong beliefs, false doctrines, false teachings, um, really ignorance could be all kinds of things. And if you allow me to unwind those old thought patterns and we begin to replace those with the word of God and, and, you know, real teachings and the truth about what God wants for you. We can, we can wrap this back up, sew it back and, and you look like this again. This is what freedom does to someone. Yes. It, it gives you that brand new look each, each and every day. And, you know, that's kind of where I, I start from when I begin to teach people about this unseen realm that we're going to dive into. Yeah. And, and it's like you said, I, I, I said it to someone the other day, actually on my trip, I've kind of been on this quest in my life that I believe, and I, I'm we're teaching it to the church, and actually I'm going to teach on it again more on Mother's Day, but I really believe that we're called to minister to somebody every day. There's somebody that God wants me to connect with every day uh, and bring his love, bring his encouragement, his word, just like Jesus did, sitting at the well, getting water, and starts talking to this woman, and before you know it, She's leaving there delivered. She's not going to live with this man anymore. And all the truth comes out because he's just doing what he's doing. But 
if the heart issue, if we're not in that constant metamorphosis of allowing Jesus to work on our heart, we're not going to be sensitive to the people around us. And if we are sensitive, we're probably picking up things we don't need to pick up anyway. We won't do it from the right motivation. Um, I was on this trip and uh, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, Lord, I know this is my vacation, but I'm asking you to send me um, somebody every day that I can minister to, even if it's just somebody I can hug or somebody that I can just tell them they're beautiful. It doesn't have to be a thus saith the Lord and I'm getting ready to give you a prophetic word because most of the time when you're dealing with people that don't know anything about God, you don't ever approach it that way. Anyway, I uh, sat down to this, at this table and what was so amazing is we were dealing with a make a wish girl. And so we went early to meet her family and this child was dying of bone cancer, uh, some sort of bone disease. It wasn't cancer. And so I felt like somebody was going to be at that table. And I just assumed, you know, how we assume things. Um, because in the last couple of years, the Lord has really dealt with me with some huge grief in my own life. And so I thought, I felt this grief come up in me. And I thought, wow, maybe I'm going to minister to the one of these parents. And so we're sitting around this table, mom and dad are there and Rachel's talking to them. And, and I look at this girl and I realize that she's not the one I'm called for. Rachel's ministering to her. And then I look over to my right side, Danny, and there's a girl sitting there and she's beautifully dressed. Her makeup's perfect. Her hair's perfect. By all outward appearance, she looks like everything's fine. And I realize that the grief is coming from her so strong that it nearly, I, I, I was having trouble holding the tears back. And I, and I began to minister to her, and I just looked at her, and I said, um, the sorrow and the sadness that you have felt and that you have dealt with, God is going to completely heal that in the next six months. You're not going to even believe the joy God's bringing into your life. Well, she began to cry. Then her sister began to cry. They were not related to it. And they were, they were not related to this girl. They just came and were sitting as a part of the group. And so I got to minister to her a little bit and I walked away from that. And the Lord spoke this to me. He said, if you hadn't allowed me to heal your grief, you could have never helped her with her grief. Yeah. And that's why we have to be healed. Yes. And just, just think about what, with what you just said, think about how many people are out there. Their, their soul is crying out for an answer. Yep. You know, they, you, you said this sadness and this grief that, yes. that you're, that you're experiencing. Well, that young lady, you know, that lady was experiencing that within her. You know, yes. I told our church this past week ago, is, is sadness out in the parking lot right now speaking to you? No. Is grief out in the parking lot right now speaking to you? No, it's within. It's in your heart. It's, it's, it's inside of you. And yeah. now how does that happen? Well, it happens because we as Christians leave open doors, even sometimes, yeah. you know, for our children. So let me just kind of make a case for that to help everybody right now. I'm, you know, we, we read scriptures and sometimes we don't take them into the depths of what it means overall for us. And absorbing God's word. And, and so many times, I mean, most of Christendom knows Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, where I'm going to read where Paul said, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. I mean, how many thousands of times have everybody heard that? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So all unseen realm stuff. 
And yes. so Paul goes on to make the charge. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Why? And he goes on to talk about the full armor of God. I think all our listeners know about that today, but it's to quench. So you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, we have to understand what is, why, why do we need armor on every day? Why do we need this breastplate of righteousness? Why do we need this shield of faith? It's because the enemy is shooting arrows at us, shooting darts at us in the, with the purpose of trying to penetrate us. A Navy SEAL is going to wear armor so they don't get penetrated. Right. An infantryman is going to wear armor to not get penetrated. A policeman is going to wear armor so that he can go out and bust through that door and not get penetrated. The devil wants to penetrate our life. He wants to penetrate Christians' lives. He wants to penetrate non-Christians' lives. He wants to penetrate everybody's life. That's why even in, in I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, where Paul said, For our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds taking every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. So we take that thought and we capture it and it's inside of us. Because we yes. capture it. And how do we, how do we take it? We take it captive unto the obedience of Christ. So what do we do now? We're measuring that thought against the word. Thought. Yes. And, and as we take that thought captive unto the obedience of Christ, we're casting down, you know, it, you know, and he said it's, it's you know, I had to I'd go back and quote it. It's not carnal, but mighty for the pulling down strongholds, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against, against the knowledge against of, God. of God, against the yes. knowledge of God, taking every thought into captivity and to the obedience of Christ to punish all disobedience until your obedience is fulfilled. So, you know, we're having to take these thoughts. And if we don't, if we take them captive and then not, and it's not until the obedience of Christ, they continue to go down into our heart. And that's why Jesus said, I'll even quote this, and I'm going to go down to a quote here, Mark 7, verse 21. Jesus said, for from within, for from within, out of the heart, out of the cardia, out of the set and center focal point of of your your physical and spiritual being, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. Then in Matthew, he even lists more things. So Jesus is basically saying that all, so just as a Christian, we have to ask ourselves, okay, uh, am I fully God and fully man? No, I'm a divine partaker of Christ. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. But can we really say the devil has nothing in me? Jesus could say it. Um, I would love to say it. I'm not saying someone can't say it. I'm just proposing that that's it. That's <coughs> ask yourself. <laughs> Are you brave yeah. enough? And be and be honest with yourself, exactly. because I think I think you know we're in this thing called process and. The more we spend time with Jesus, and like you said, with a real open heart and open mind to the the leading of the spirit, and he can, you know, he can tell me, Callie, I don't like that in you, (laughs) and that's not helping you, and that's hurting you, Uh, and then I surrender it. I mean, it's, I do believe that we can get to a place where we are living a really sanctified life, but it's, but it's not out of a place of Pharisee a Pharisee life. It's, it's out of a place of humility, knowing that even my, my righteousness is positional through him, but it all also can be actually a part of my life. It's not just theory. I can actually live out the principles of Christ. He called us to do that. I'm going to take a short break and we're going to come in here with a song for the radio program. And then uh, Danny and I are going to be right back. So just give us a second.
rehearsal, we were just practicing this song. And again, in my spirit, I just sense that if you are suffering cancer, if you've been given a death sentence by the doctor, whatever it is, we're going to sing this thing over you. We're going to sing these words straight from the Word of God. God is fighting for us. I hate cancer. I hate cancer in Jesus' name. And so we stand up, amen, and in the name of Jesus, not in our own strength, but in the name of Jesus. Sickness has to flee, it has to bow down to the name of Jesus. We declare the finished work of Christ in this place. Thank you so much. This is Pastor Callie. We've got Danny with us, Danny McDaniel. He's talking about just freedom and uh, the heart and the importance of living and allowing Jesus to, uh, I, I call it the, the filter of the word of God and the spirit of God. Uh, you, you talked about taking captive the thought. And when you take captive the thought, what do you do? What, what do we do when we want to take water and we want it to be pure water? We throw it through a filter. Well, the word of God is our filter. And it, and if you've put it with that filter and it does, you know, it will wash out and reveal to us the truth, the things that we should believe and hold fast to, but it will also expose the lies. And like Danny's been saying in, in this course of conversation, um, for us to do what God has called us to do for the great awakening that I believe that God is leading 
this country in and the world in, uh, the church has got to be awakened. And how do we awaken? We awaken through prayer. We awaken through fasting. We awaken through the word. We awaken through repentance. We awaken through humility. We awaken through God's love being uh, the center focal point of our life. And, and Danny, I'm just so blessed. So if you'll just pick up uh, where you were. Yeah, be happy to. You know, in this battle, we're, we're really in a battle. That's why Paul said we battle not against flesh and blood, but against these principalities and rules of darkness. Well, when it, when, because we're, you're in a battle whether you like it or not. So whether you serve God or not, you're in a battle. So the fight is real. It's just a matter of knowing the dimensions that you're fighting in and who you're fighting against. It, it's, it's just think about if we sent our sons to Afghanistan or to Iraq or anywhere else where, you know, there's been war and we don't equip them. They don't go through boot camp. They don't get trained. They don't get, you know, they don't get an M16A2 and learn how to break that weapon down and clean it and, and carry it and, and utilize it and everything else. What if we, what if we sent them to Iraq or Afghanistan and did not give them an infrared scope? or a set of infrared glasses where they could see the enemy in the dark. Mm-hmm. Most Christians or many Christians, I shouldn't say most, but many Christians live life 12, 12 hours at a time. And we're at Christian as Christians. We are, we're, we're supposed to be able to live, be the light. And, and whether, whether we're walking in darkness or in the world or walking with other Christians in the light, we are the light. And so we, we should be able to see into a dark world. Not to look for the dirt in people, but to see where the enemy is trying to destroy us. Trap so, them, yes. How, how do you get an infrared scope? Well, how you get an infrared scope is, is you know, free people, free people. As we become free and we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, it's like, it's like once you get freedom, it's like God just put a, he just put a new lens on you. He put an infrared scope on you where now you can see into the darkness. You can see the rats moving in your attic while you're laying in your bed. <laughs> That's exactly you right. You know, they've been there for months, but, but you couldn't see them. You're lazy. You're sleeping. You're in a slumber and you can't even see them. And they're moving all above you and they're urinating all over your attic. It's going through your HVAC filter and it's contaminating your home. But now you've got this discernment. You've got this filter where you can see 24 seven, but here's where the bat here's, here's the tough part about the battle is that, that we, many times we are fighting. We're supposed to just be fighting externally what's out in front of us. That's why we dig trenches in war. So, you know, so that we can hunker down and fight the enemy. Right. Most of us are in a war where we're not only fighting a battle externally, but we're fighting internal, internal battles, internal yeah. battles. And you can't fight the enemy that we're supposed to face because For the rest of our life, we will be fighting the enemy until Jesus comes back in an external battle. But the worst thing you can do is be fighting it internally as well because you're confused. You don't have clarity. You're getting 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 hit from both sides. Yes, I get it. And you don't, you have armor on the front, but you got nothing in the back. And that's really the reason why is because the enemy already penetrated you. Well, when when you're, when you're fighting the internal battles, you basically have just been ambushed. Exactly. And then you become ineffective. You love God and you may love people, but we're not as functional as we could be to be prepared for that work that God's talking about, where we can affect more people like you meet in a restaurant and help them overcome sadness and grief or give them a word of knowledge that they need that's going to uh, allow you to minister to them or give them a prophetic word that's going to cause them to know God and believe God. Or there's just so many different ways that we're able to prepare ourselves the freer we get. 
the more we can free people. Exactly. And that's why Jesus was so effective in his ministry, because he was not in fighting internal battles. He did some. He did on the 40 days of fasting. I believe that's where he conquered the last bit of the demons that were trying to. Well, I know he did. That's where he conquered it. But we got to conquer it, too. We've got to allow Jesus to help us. All we have to do is expose it to the Lord and he conquers it. Yes. But we've got to be willing to to expose it. And what we try to do, uh, you you said humble while ago, you know, first. We pray, we fast, we get in the word, we, you know, we humble ourselves. It really is about humility. It is, um, Danny. You know, no, no one ever wants to say, no one ever, no one, no one in the world really wants a demon inside of them. Uh, <laughs> no. But, but we can't skirt around that issue because that's just the basics of the, of the gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, that's a normal topic. And that was the public ministry of Jesus. And yes. so, it wasn't a private retreat out in the woods, you know, twice a year. It was just a daily, the coming. He was casting them out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But we have to humble ourselves. And uh, so it goes back to no one wants to ever say, you know, I have a demon inside of me. But at the same time, we should never assume that we don't have one. And so it's always going to God and humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, is there anything in me that is that def- that is opposes you and opposes your word? Because I don't want it to be in me. I don't want it to be a part of my life and I want to get it out. Um, you know, because really the, in the, in the, when it, I guess where I was trying to go with this is, is that, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Can you, let me ask you this. Can you give me an example of, you've been serving God a long time. So I know you've been through ups and downs. We all have, we all have. And, yeah. uh, I mean, I've had areas of bondage in my life that I had to come to terms with, you know. Yeah. Can you give me an example of, of, of a situation where you went through something like this? And, and can they just <laughs> share with people? Yeah. Well, you know, what happened with me is in late December of 2000, this was two years of being a Christian for a little bit over two years and crying out to God for more. I want more of you, God. The word says, call Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and show me great and mighty things you did not know. And I was... I was at a, in El Paso, Texas, at a church visiting uh, a pastor, and he had a big row of pink books on his shelf, and I thought it was really weird looking at this whole row of pink books, and I asked him what they were, and he grabbed one, and he gave it to me. He said, here, read it. You'll love it. And I go, what, and it, what is it? And he goes, uh, just, just read it. You'll love it. And I looked at the cover, and, and it said pigs in the parlor, and it was written a book written in the 1970s, and I go, what's this about? And he goes, oh, it's about deliverance. You'll love it. And I had no clue what he was talking about. The book was ugly. It, it was a, one of the worst covers I've ever seen. That's why you can't judge a book by its cover because <laughs> that book changed my life. The next week I'm on an airplane to Atlanta and I throw that book in my bag and I'm reading that book on the plane. And for the first time in my life at, at 33 years old, I, excuse me, at 35 years old, I knew I had some demonic oppression. Even sure. though I was a Christian, even though I love God. It was, and here's the example I'm going to give, and I'll give you that answer, is that because we're, we're, we're being obedient, we're loving God, we're getting in the word, we're praying, we're trying to grow. Many times that demonic entity that was a stronghold, it had, it's, it's got roots, it's rooted in, and it hasn't left. And there's, there could, you know, it's like Jack in the Box. I've put, I've squashed it down into my, over here in my hip, and I right. closed it to anger. But you know what? It's, there's always that. Yeah. 
no, right no. situation. No, 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 no. And you know, the, you never know. The enemy's trying to shoot out and trigger, trigger that anger lid to pop open, and this boom, it pops open, and out comes the anger. Yeah. It's not that anger is a sin, but consistent anger is a sin. Sure. Consistent, consistent patterns of whether it's anger or or consistent patterns of bitterness, consistent consistent patterns of sexual perversion, pornography, addiction, consistent patterns of jealousy, consistent patterns of self righteousness. Any of those things, those those become demonic in nature. That means they they're within. And so here's what happened. I realized. I got a bunch of little jack-in-the-boxes. I got lids on all kinds of stuff because I know what comes out of me, and I'm a Christian. And so that night in my hotel room, I knew I knew what was going on. And I, I closed my eyes because I had no minister. I didn't have a preacher. Once again, we were at a mega church. I didn't know who to go to. And I just started asking. I, I, just, I just laid on the bed and went to the tw- chapter 24 that was talking about how to get them out of yourself. And it was called self-deliverance. And I just reread that chapter and did what it said to do. And I said, okay, if there's anything, I closed my eyes. I said, if there's anything in me, you manifest yourself right now and come forth. And all of a sudden, I, I felt a swirling in my diaphragm area, a real physical swirling and movement. And I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I had my eyes closed and I go, who are you? Who are you? And all of a sudden, like a big black billboard, like those God billboards, I saw this big black billboard and it had anger in capital letters in white letters. And I go, anger, you get out of me right now in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden that movement in my diaphragm started coming up through my mouth. And I had this, this big, long yawn, like, you know, this is like, kind of like the green mile, the movie, the green mile, but this <laughs> long extended yawn came out and, and it wasn't a fake yawn. I wasn't, it was this long breath. Yes. The spirit is there. And I popped up in bed one in the morning and I, and I felt like two tons of weight had just come off my life. Wow. I went to the hotel room and I'm like, I already felt transformed just from anger leaving me. And then what came next? You know, another one, another one. And I kept seeing every time it was white letters on a billboard. And so I, I went, I, I cast about, you know, 10 or 12 spirits out of my body. Wow. That night. wow. The next Dude. day, I just wanted the whole world to know. And that's what started it all. Wow. Wow. <laughs> So you literally used the book and delivered yourself. <laughs> well, that that was the <laughs> that, starting point. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, and it, it's it's really hard to even imagine sometimes, you know, because it, it messes with some people's theology. But, you know, I know for a fact with living my own life and then counseling people and pastoring people and they go through cycles where they just, you know, they, they think they've beat something and then boom, they do it again. And then they yeah. think they beat it and boom, they do it again. And it's definitely a, a spirit that's just trying to take them out. You know, one of the things a friend told me way back, he, and, and he was a mighty man of God and he said something that's I've never forgotten. He said that enemy, you know, he doesn't want to just make you an adulterer or a fornicator or, you know, um, a liar or a cheater. You know, that's not really his end game. His end game is to get your faith. Yeah. His end game is to eat away at you till you believe you, you don't, you don't ha- think that you don't have the faith to believe that he can free you from something. And yeah. that's why it's so important for us to open ourselves up and humble ourselves before the Lord, because those kind of bondages eat at your faith and eat at your perception of God. Yes. There's no doubt. And, you know, on that note, you just got to, it, 
like you said earlier, it's a process. And let me just touch on this word sozo, which I know you're very familiar with, you know, the Greek word for when we see the word salvation in the New Testament, it comes from the Greek word sozo. And sozo doesn't just mean salvation. Sozo means salvation. Sozo means healing. And sozo means deliverance. So let's just take a couple of scriptures. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be sozo. Right. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be healed. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Right. Right. What about Paul saying, walk out your salvation. salvation. Walk out your sozo with fear and trembling. Walk out your deliverance with fear and trembling. Walk out the rest of your life knowing that you're that you're in a process of you've got to put the full armor of God on. You've got to take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. You've got to know the enemy's trying to penetrate you. And the, the problem is, is we we don't take strongholds seriously because a stronghold is exactly what it says it is a stronghold. When it when when a spirit comes in a man, it's a foothold. Now. The Bible doesn't say that verse, but that's not rocket science. Strongholds are first footholds. And an enemy comes in, and what feeds that? Sin. Sin feeds that particular spirit until it can the roots can grow and it can develop a stronghold in someone's life. And what happens is, is we have to get a biblical understanding that although I, you know, I love counseling, I, you know, I counsel people, uh, and, I, and I'm not anti-Christian counseling. I'm not anti-psychologist. Sure, I'm I get it. I get it. But the main goal of a psychiatrist or a psychologist is to trim the hedges. Mow the, mow the grass. What happens when you mow the grass and you trim the hedges? It's Everything looks great. Mm-hmm. And then you leave and you thank the doctor. And then two weeks later, all it's the all weeds back. grew back. The hedges grew back and you're, you're cat fighting with your spouse. And I mean, everything's going awry. You got to go back and get more counseling to get trimmed up again. Let me take one minute here, Danny. And um, I want to, um, how much more time do we have, Juan? Okay. I want to, we're going to end this radio program up and then we're going to keep going because we can go on Facebook as long as we want. Um, I want you to pray for those on the radio, the radio listening audience, and uh, just pray over them and then tell us where we can find your, your, your new book that you're getting and the, and the stuff that you've, you know, you're, you're preaching the whole nine yards. You bet. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you right now. And, and Father, I just pray for everybody that's viewing and everybody that's listening right now. We, Lord, we want to please you. We want to go the distance with you. And we desperately need you. Your word says, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Father, we want to be filled with righteousness. Yes. We, we want we want the blood of Jesus encompassing every area of our life. We know there's victory in Jesus. We want to exalt the name of Jesus and make his name famous upon the earth. Yes. We don't want to just uh, be saved, God. But as long as we're living on this earth, however many more decades you give us, we want to be functional. We yes. want to be fully functional. We want to be sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared. And yes. So, Lord, show us great and mighty things we do not know. Father, Teach us from your word. You said the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. Yes. And so we, we, I pray right now that, that this word becomes, that get, it gets illuminated on the hearts of every viewer and every listener yes. today. They go back like I did and they begin to read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John with, yes. the, with the mindset of, okay, Holy Spirit, show me where I've been missing the simplicity yes. of the gospels. Yes. Show me what Jesus did every day and called us to do the same. Uh, 
in, all, in every commission that he made, in every command that he made, calling us to do the same thing, to duplicate his pattern, how he modeled his life on this earth, in this ministry on this earth. Uh, so show us those things, God, through your word and reveal them by your spirit and illuminate those things on our heart by your spirit. Lord, I pray for everybody that's viewing yes. and listening that has, has suffered from, you know, anything, uh, any oppression of any kind, whether it's um, depression or yes. whether it's heaviness or gloom or despair or yes. grief. Lord, I just pray for them. Yes. And I pray that you just set them free from any depression. I pray that you set people free from unforgiveness, yes. from bitterness, from hate, from anger, from thoughts of revenge and strife. Yes. Your word says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So we just want to give it all to you. I pray that everybody begins to have a heart to uh, just give it all yes. to you. Father, your word says that every hidden thing will be uncovered. So we can't hide it anyway. And so, Father, I pray that everybody gets a revelation to bring everything from within their heart into the light and let let you yes lord uh, because you 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 said father that the axe would be laid to the root and every tree would be honed down and cast into the fire that you yes. would burn up the chaff and and father we know that jesus takes the axe to the root it yes. is jesus that cuts the root of every stronghold and yes. he burns up the chaff and so i pray that over these people uh today god that you do an amazing work in their heart take if there's any uh, hearts of stone, I pray that you just begin to turn those into yes. hearts of flesh, God, and soften us because you did it for me. But Father, more than anything right now, I, I pray that you just give us eyes to see and ears to yes. hear your word and then yes. act upon it because it's, it's Father, I, I, I can't look back, but for to be, to live 33 years and not even yes. know that I could have true freedom. Yes. Live 33 to 35 years and not even know that the Holy Spirit can come up upon me with power and fire um, and just change the way that I live forever. Uh, I pray that no one waits yes. till they're 35 years old. But so wherever anyone's at today, regardless of their age, whether they're 20, 30, 40, 50 or 60, yes, I pray Lord. that it's, it's never too late and that they turn to you. And Father, they, they have a heart transformation today yes. and face you with everything they have, God. And that you come upon every one of them with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Yes. With the Holy Spirit of God and yes. with fire. That's what I pray over these people today, Lord. Because you are a miracle working God. You're the most powerful force in the universe. Yes. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So I pray that the most powerful force in the universe is who everybody turns to. And they seek you and they and they just capture that powerful force. Yes. lights up inside of them. becomes rivers of living water springing forth from their innermost being. And they serve you all the days of their life mightily, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, where can we find you at? Um, Our church is, is BethelDallas.tv. So just like it okay. sounds, BethelDallas.tv. That's okay. our church website. And you can even watch our, you know, I have, I have eight different teachings on freedom on that website. Awesome. You can watch for free. No, no problem. I mean, we love to share, you know, share this, these teachings with anybody. Uh, I have a book uh, about the Holy Spirit, and that's, that book is called Power, Power to Change Your World. And I wrote that book because I really felt like the Lord was, was getting, I'll say this as quickly as I can, I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to write this book for the purpose of encouraging every Christian or every person to, to chase, to to do everything to seek the Holy Spirit until He shows up. 
We're so happy to have had Danny McDaniel on BPN Radio today. God bless you. We'll see you uh, next week, same time, same place. And uh, uh, make sure you tune in. Next week, we're going to have another Holy Ghost teacher on. And I just really believe God is bringing us to the greatest awakening we've ever seen. In Jesus' name, we'll see you next week. Pastor Callie. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.